In 2019, Michael Gary live-streamed his entire life for a year. We decided to make a podcast about it. The project is over, but none of us seem to be willing to let it go, so we decided to do another season. These episodes will be following up with Michael, as well as other people in his life, about their thoughts on the ending of the project. Previously, we explored the origins of this project, its evolution as the year went on, and the effects it was having on Michael's friends, family, fans, and Michael himself. This time around, we're not doing that. If you have any questions you want us to ask Michael, please email us at onceuponatimeinpod at gmail.com. This is still Once Upon a Time in College Station. Hi guys, I'm Brian. I'm Simon. And we actually got Michael here with us today. I'm Michael. <laughs> what was that supposed to say? Dude, you know what's funny is that's exactly how the intro went in the pilot, actually. Um, <laughs> that we fucked up like that, too. So that's fine. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, our original pilot episode. It was an episode that Simon and I made just to send to Michael in the hopes that maybe he would enjoy it. Maybe he would want to help us out in some way. Our, our ultimate goal was to get an interview with Michael. And we were hoping that this would kind of facilitate... Uh, his involvement yeah, I, on some level. I forgot that that was the reason we did it until you told me that today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, you just made an episode. Yeah, so it's really um, it's really rough. There's not a lot of like clean editing. There's a lot of us like kind of messing things up and joking around about it. I do not like the pilot. I actually loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, well, uh, I want Michael, what did you think? Uh, so when I first listened to it, I thought it was like really <laughs> substantial. Um and when I listened to it the second time, it it came across as like a lesser version of the episodes that you've made since then. But I still liked it. It was still good. Sure. I'd agree with that. Do you want to talk about why you hate it and then I'll do why I liked it? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like, well, okay. It's <laughs> right out the gate. The intro is way too long. Yeah. The song takes forever to like end and us to start talking. <laughs> Your fault. Is it? Yeah, you kept being like, make it longer. I don't remember that. <laughs> Trying to like fucking be NPR. Yes, and you kept being like, no, it has to be a second longer. Wait um, till the next break. We seemed very <laughs> nervous, and it was awful. Yeah. Um, Me nervous because I didn't want to say something that was too crazy and have you get upset about it, and you nervous because you didn't want to say anything too crazy and get upset about it. Fair. Um, I mean, uh, a lot of errors and weird editing and weird jokes left in without context. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Um, apparently, we don't know any other descriptive words besides compelling or fascinating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we pointed that we noticed that too, definitely. Because um, that continued throughout the episodes. Oh, this is a great, this is like a fun arc um to follow throughout i mean i know the whole thing is about like his journey or whatever but it's also like my journey into like learning to disagree with you at certain (laughs) i will not challenge you at all in the in the pilot or in the first like two episodes yeah and then finally it's me and then i finally had balls and then the final three hour thing i was like okay well you just undermine me there's things that edit you out yeah which is awesome (laughs) which is so it's very fun to see that happen. Like I noticed that it's it's me filling up empty air until you decide that you have something to say, and then it's like okay, yeah, say that, and then it's like I'll just go back to filling up air until you have something else to say. Yeah, like, it's essentially just me rambling. For you, a very you, long it's time. like we took two like separate audio tracks and you just put them together where yeah. there was empty spaces, and because we're like barely having a conversation in the pilot, I feel well, like well because that that was also the third time we recorded that that day. That's the other thing. Second or third time we tried to record that day or the, that episode. So we had already had the conversation so many times that it felt like we were repeating things even when we weren't. 
so we were kind of jumping around and like not fully going into things because we already did it like an hour or two ago yeah i mean i also expected when i started to re-listen to this again today i was like um i'm gonna like this is gonna be all brand new i don't remember any of this and then i remember every fucking thing every word every yeah fucking i felt like word. that too i when i when i listened to it, i was like i almost don't have to listen to this because it was so uh so ingrained in my memory for the first time i realized that once i listened to it again yeah yeah that happens every time like i think oh, like I'll go see this comic again, even though I already saw him on this tour, and I hear the first word of the first joke, and I'm like, oh, I remember the whole hour. This is fucking ruined. All right, so anyway, so I loved it. Do you do you want to keep going on what you hated it, or do you want... Um, okay, well, I mean, I, we're not going to go point by point on it, right? It's just no. like general thoughts. Okay, um, this is... Okay, in general, so the sociology stuff we try to get into... Hilarious. How many times... Okay, hilarious. I wrote... Annoying listening to me explain <laughs> Goffin's front stage backstage theory, and yeah. you're just constantly joking and derailing me. Yes, yes, that very is frustrating to listen. Hilarious. to. Hilarious. Um, Loved it. Also, how many? I was thinking about this as I was listening because we were like, "Oh, maybe we'll do a whole episode about sociolo- sociological theory." Yeah, no. And then we like, how many times did we try to put it in episodes? And then in post, we're like, "Just cut it out. It's fucking terrible." <laughs> well, because we didn't. We never. We like the whole time we were like, "Oh, we'll learn about all these concepts." Like. Uh, parasocial <laughs> relationships or front stage and backstage and then we didn't that's the only two we ever did we never learned about a third and a fourth I'll do homework. but there were other things well that was the point is that we'll do homework for th- that was why that was further like episode four so that we could do our homework do you remember the one we did remember we tried to fit something into one of beth's episodes and it was such a lame attempt that i got i got like halfway through like, eh, never mind i don't remember what <laughs> it was that? but i remember i mean i have the recording somewhere yeah. but yes i do remember that happening um i think that's the only stuff i hated so far yeah that's it everything else is like i can throw in later okay so some things that i thought were i i mean mainly i was just kind of laughing i was having a good time with it because like number one us dancing around stuff was really funny like us like (laughs) when when i know that i wanted to say something much more like directly or crazier and i could hear myself holding back like that, that happens all the time, and I found that to be kind of funny oh, because yeah. also, as we went on and as we – because the thing was we were afraid to – We were trying to, like, be on our best behavior. Yeah, because we so, – And then cut to, like, the last episode where it's, like, it opens. Like, okay, well, fuck you. Hi, Michael. Fuck you. Right. Well, so that's why I thought it was so funny because <laughs> the whole time I was like, I think that he'd be – I think like, we could just say it. And then, like, it just took, like, all right, let's say a little bit. And he was like, he was cool with that. It's like, all right, let's add a little more. It took until he was sitting next <laughs> to us on this couch that we were like, okay, I think we can just do whatever now. Yeah, yeah, which, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I okay. One thing that I actually really loved about it was the fact that I was legitimately clueless, and oh, yeah, I was you asking were. you yeah. questions, and that was kind of a cool way. To, I was pretty clueless too. I was faking it for a while, but it was cool. It was a cool way to learn about it, and I thought it was so funny that we were just making. Well, me especially, I was making these like massive generalizations about a person or a project, where I was getting information secondhand. From a person who also didn't even know the information very well. And then I'm just making fucking sweeping generalizations about who you are, what the product's about. I've never even seen it. And Simon's barely like, <laughs> so I'm just making these huge claims about something I have no fucking idea about. Some of the I stuff you were funny. like, we're kind of spot on about that, which yes, is cool. And I thought that was also cool that a lot of the stuff that we said, didn't we didn't change our tune at all. No. It was like, we totally like continued with, uh, with that. All right, what else? Um... Michael, anything to add? Uh, I mean, uh, the big thing for me is like um, at the time, I think that was like a really important episode. And uh, obviously like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the most important thing I want to say is that before that, that pilot episode, 
nobody had said any of the things that you guys had said to me. Um, like I never heard any of that. And then I heard all of that in one place in like a concentrated piece of like semi curated media. And uh, that was crazy. That's why it was such like an overwhelming and like ultra like validating experience for me in the project. Cause it was just like so much um, just like, some you know some conjecture but like actual fascinating analysis about the project in one place first time i ever heard any of it and a lot of it was like accurate and um so that was really epic but then obviously i think that the way you guys iterated on that idea of the podcast into the future episodes it improved so it makes the first one seem less substantial but at the time like i want to make it clear it was very substantial when it came out when i listened to it the first time yeah i mean i think the problem with the pilot is that we tried to cover too much for it's sure. like it should have been like an index episode instead it was like a here's a summary episode almost you know well and, th- and that's something that's like easy to say in retrospect yeah, but though. we didn't have like we didn't have well, the I, interviews I, I, planned out like no, you know, no like we didn't no, no. know like what was gonna i thought it was funny though when we were done with the pilot and i was like oh that's a great first episode i was like for, you're like no we're not putting that out i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, you know, we're gonna no take pieces way. of that and like plot out episodes based on that stuff. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that, damn, that was a lot of work for nothing, huh? That was my plan the whole time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, no, I have one more thing to say, which is that, um, in how I was saying, like, I was making these grand conjectures based on like no information. Uh, I, f- like, one thing that I found was super interesting was that this episode felt like it was more about me and Simon than it was about you, in the sense that we knew it little enough that it's almost a hundred percent projecting. Like, like what I'm saying <laughs> is me imagining if I was doing it, it's not, it's not me wondering like about how you would feel doing it. It's me just putting myself in your shoes and then saying that, you know, like I, like I have nothing to base very little to base who you are on. So I'm just saying, okay, I guess if it was me, this is what I would think. This is what I would do. So it's like, you know what I mean? And I, I thought that that was really funny to see, like if you listen to a later episode, like it gets much more in depth about you. Like we learn a lot more about you. We talk to you and stuff like that. And and everything we're saying in this one is just a reflection on us, not you. You know what I mean? I thought that was a really uh, interesting juxtaposition uh, to how it progresses. Uh, I guess the only interesting thing that I found was there was so much of the pilot that we repurposed elsewhere afterwards. Definitely. There was, I don't want to do that again. What I found interesting was there was so much of the pilot we repurposed elsewhere afterwards, like the stuff about Big Brother and what's kept coming obviously the kardashian stuff the car crash metaphor you used mm-hmm. used again that one i actually didn't remember when that came up i was like oh this is i guess yeah been spinning and, uh, around my head the whole time i guess the <laughs> fucking sociological stuff also gets scattered around i mean we cannibalized everything yeah, yeah every last pretty much aspect. right yeah absolutely okay. so it might feel might sound familiar if you've listened to all the other episodes, yeah, but th- this is not it's an a, episode. To this listen. is a bonus. It's not a real yeah. episode. It's this is if you heard everything else <laughs> and you're curious about some behind the scenes. This is not yeah. to uh, like elaborate on the on the topic at all. Really, this is just to to whet your appetite for season two. Yeah, and if you fucking God. force us to do a season two, dude, I swear. <laughs> God, I was, we were saying that before we got on. I was like, I really wouldn't do this again. I will do this anymore. Dude, I'll report your ass to YouTube every single time you listen to any song, dude. I swear to God, you better cancel your Spotify account right now if you want to do a season two. This is the uh, the March Patreon reward. This episode, <laughs> dude. <Yeah>. I'm. <laughs> Wait, we have questions about that for, for yeah. after though. Oh yeah. Um, so is this like? Should we? That's good, right? Yeah, I think it's fine because the episode's already an hour long. I mean, we don't. Yeah. You know. All right. So, do you want to just tee up the episode? This is the unaired pilot. This is so, th- <laughs> so this is our pilot episode. 
that we it was just a concept episode when we made it and no they know that what, what am I we, we just talked just say and <laughs> enjoy the or whatever just like now the episode's gonna play that was it i don't what just say all anything. right so we're done talking and here's the episode enjoy the, our pilot episode that is fine okay i'll use me yelling and then you saying that, that that's fine that's i'll, I'll allow that I, see and that that's something i like about i like about the pilot is the more just like fucking loose like just sillier nature is like kind of makes me silly happy. Yeah, it's definitely it's silly in the fact that we when we start we can't even start. You can't spell his name when I ask you to. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like G R R. That's what I said, right? Yeah, it's fucking just idiot. It's just silly. Yeah, well, that's how that goes to what I said about how fucking rough it is. But 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 that's there's so something shitty. there's something endearing about it being so just like goofy Bad, and like yeah, I guess so. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, here's the fucking thing or whatever. In January 2019, Michael Gary of College Station, Texas, turned on a camera and hasn't turned it off since. He began the Michael Gary Livestream Project, a one-year continuous livestream of every moment and every aspect of his life. Everything from hanging out with friends to sleeping to going out on the town is streamed and archived for anyone to watch. Until recently, the only things hidden were the bathroom and sex, but now, for the final quarter of the project, this too is all visible on a second stream. For this podcast, we will strive to understand the origins of this project, its evolution as the year went on, and the psychological and sociological effects it may or may not be having on Michael's friends, family, fans, and Michael himself. This is Once Upon a Time in College Station. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm Brian, and I'm here. You want to? Okay, all right. <laughs> I am Brian, and I'm here with a person you know he's okay you know, we're friends i'll admit it i'll admit it and my buddy simon i'm simon he's simon and we want to talk about this man this gentleman what was his name michael gary michael gary we're talking about this gentleman michael gary i'll edit out the middle part where i forgot his name that's fine talking about this gentleman michael gary and uh he's started this project what was the name of it again what was what did we figure out the word was for it performance art well no that wasn't it what was it I mean, it's performance art, but I don't okay. know. If, I don't know if he would consider it performance okay, art. Okay, well, maybe he doesn't. But uh, he has this uh, th- this this project. He has an art project, I guess you could say, going on in which he's streaming. Well, his I don't life. know if I would call it that. <laughs> okay, he has a camera. He's live streaming his life twenty four seven for one year on YouTube. Right, and because it was on YouTube, that means that they have certain terms of services. So the twenty four hours. So yeah, so because he's streaming on YouTube, that means you know that that, that there's certain research. So it's not exactly 24 hours, but he's but he's streaming his entire life, um, you know, with with very very very. And as one travels, you know, service gets spotty. Right. So sometimes, you know, things cut out. So it's not a complete. It's as complete as one will is gonna get. Right. With with technology limitations. So, um, we've been very interested in the. Number one, the, the conceit of the project and the expectations of Michael of what either he both wants from it, what he's expecting from it, and then also what he wants the consumer of its reaction to or or what, what he wants the consumer to get from it as well. Right. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. Or if he wants them to get anything from it. 
So, so then you're, what you're saying is maybe it's he wants to do this just for himself as possibly some kind of diary type thing. Yeah, I mean that's also possible, but you know it's not not mutually exclusive ideas. Right. Well, the, I mean the fact that it's streaming though, as opposed to just recording, right, kind of says that the that were zero people to be watching, that would defeat the point. Right. Well, the project has evolved very much so from the beginning. You know, in terms of not well, his life has anyway. In terms of his start, the life's you know. Yeah, he had some he had some some issues he was grappling with in the beginning. Um, you right, know, he's been open about that. There were a lot of things that. that yeah, he's he's very open about partying, all this. drinking. Right, and and some things you know some 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 regrettable actions he's taken. You know, I I guess there was, you know, maybe excessive alcohol use. The you disagreements know, just, with friends. Right, and the kind of things that happened, and then you know, real w- stuff that everyone has gone through at some and point. Probably it starts to get pretty interesting when you start to bring in you know friends and family, and 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 now we're talking about you know whether or not they want to be a part of this even but he can't you know he can't stop recording or else so it's not like it's not like he can hang out with somebody and be like oh do you want to be a part of this i'll turn the camera off if not it's like oh do you want to be a part of this if not you got to go you know right. or like i'm not i'm just not coming um well i mean it's i guess you know he's got it seems like he has a lot of friends so it says a lot about them but they're all cool with it for a year and roommates right and his roommate yeah Multiple his roommate roommates. ethan so, by the way, uh, one, Simon, one roommate, Ethan. Simon has told me about this very recently, and I'm I'm just now learning learning about this. So I'm not the expert here. I'm you know I'm I'm going to be learning just just as much as anybody else listening. Um, but you found it inherently compelling, the whole idea, and I mean we we talked about it constantly for a solid week straight. Yes, and the thing I find the most compelling about it is that. In in a in a in a medium such as this, right? Obviously, you, you could you could draw obvious comparisons to reality shows, but I think I said Big Brother. Big Brother was sure. what I kept thinking about constantly. Sure, but 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 the difference there is that in in reality shows, well, in reality shows like that, it's it's there's the games, there's the house, there's you know all that kind of stuff. Well, Big Brother is also something that's live streaming twenty four seven. Right, that's but, where the only comp- that's the closest comparison you can find. Well, but but I was I was comparing it to more traditional reality shows where the 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 conceit of the show, which is not like a Kardashian, ends up being right, like something like that, is we're just following these people around. You know, this is just their life. Essentially, this what he's doing with editing, which is not what reality shows are. Obviously, right, we all know that. But, in a weird way, this project has kind of become a, a reality show, and that um, uh, like a weird Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster of. <laughs> no, it's what? No one's calling you out on the Frankenstein's monster thing. It's the weird Frankenstein's monster of. You have the live feeds of Big Brother, maybe some of the drama in terms of relationship building, but then you also have the characters that keep coming into his life, in and out of his life. They're not contestants on a game show. Yes. It's like the Kardashians. It's like any other TV yes. reality show where you get to know the family, you get to know the friends, right. and so yeah, that's where I was going and saying and that they kind of each have their own sort of storyline that you weave yourself in and out of. Right. So the part that that I found the most interesting that I've been thinking about is, you know, when you when you make a show like that, like a Kardashians, you have your producers, you have your, you know, they they're not allowed to call them writers, but whatever that that. Put together plots. Everything's kind of staged, not staged, but everything's kind of it's set up. It's set up in the most compelling way, yes. and then and then what happens is because of you know the, the drama and the inside look, you begin to build relationships with these people that are obviously one sided, um, and not only are they are they one sided, but they're curated in such a way to um, encourage you to make those one sided 
relationships. Whereas in 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 this, you follow their Instagrams, right? Exactly. But in in this scenario, you feel like you know the people, right? In this scenario, though, we feel like we know him, and there's no editing, right? And so the the one way relationship, there's always that kind of boundary between celebrity in, in that one way relationship where it's completely safe because you'll never get there, right? right. Like, like you're, you're never going to meet them. You're never going to be like, they're so far above you that it's a safe thing to invest right. your emotion into. Whereas this is just a dude. It's an everyman. Who's not even getting like some crazy, it's not like he's getting, you know, 50,000 views like all day on, on his stream, right? This is, we're talking about just a guy. There's no sponsorships. Uh, not even a guy, actually a kid, really. He's 22. He's, I mean, it's a young man, a young adult. Sure, but you know, uh, and though and yet it's still it like so so the relationship there the one way the one-sided relationship there seems so much more interesting because it's so much um less like it's so much less safe in the way that celebrity is right there's less fans than say a kardashian Mm -hmm. obviously um so there is a little more i mean you know he does his q a every sunday so there is more fan interaction than say with the Kardashian. Yes. Kardashians are not going to be answering fan questions right. or fan mail or anything like right. that. They're going to be like, this is me. Get the fuck away from me. Right. And recently along those lines, he has started a Patreon, which has been getting some donations from fans. So clearly they are. There's fans of the project. Right. Yeah. And, the, and the Patreon doesn't even really. I was looking at the rewards a second ago and it there's not even it's not like he's necessarily doing exclusive patreon content at all really right well the whole um, conceit of the project is nothing's hidden behind a paywall or right. anything like that and, and yet people still are are donating which is interesting right and it's be probably because they've become fans of his and the project itself and want to show their support which is fascinating yeah so i so let's go back to maybe what is his like I mean, obviously, we would have to talk to him to get an answer for this. But what it, what would you imagine his, um, like? Okay, so say say it goes as great as as he could possibly imagine. What does that look like to him? Does that mean a x amount of people watching? Does that mean x amount of people engaged? Does that mean? Oh you know, yeah, I'm sure. I what mean, what is or does that mean sponsors or does that mean that does that mean maybe that he looks about, back? I don't think at, it's, no, I don't think it's about sponsors either. But does that mean maybe that he looks back at the beginning of this and goes? Oh, look how much I've grown as a person. I think there's or, that. And I think there's just being proud of being, you know, he seems like, and he'll be the first to admit that he was kind of lost. It seems when the project started and maybe this is a little bit of a purpose driven endeavor, but let's, let's find his mission statement. Hold on. Um, I really, I think that like I, I don't think that there's necessarily much that's interesting to mine from necessarily just the, the con like the content itself is not nece- is not the interesting part of this. It like what he's doing day to day is not what makes this interesting. You know, like I like I remember I was watching some of it and you know, he's just working on a house. I, I get they're building an Airbnb, right? Is that what it is? They're like fixing up yeah, his uncle's house, right. which is across the street. And yeah, it's going to to be used as an Airbnb. Yes, right. So like that is obviously not compelling to watch. He's not. It's not a. Um, but you know what? It it strangely is though because no, no, no I'm, sa- I'm of, saying the subject the subject course, matter itself right. is there's nothing compelling about that specifically because there are better shows of people that do that for a living, right? So we're not watching for advice on how to build houses, right? Like that's not the point. The compelling part, I think, is just the fact that. 
you I may I guess it's just the fact that you can't be deceived really. Right. The like, inter- the interesting thing to find if you do go to his website michaelgary.com um is he came up wait, with Wait, spelled though, spelled weird, right? G R R G E G E I can spell too. G E R R Y. You maybe you're Frankenstein's monster. Maybe I'm Frankenstein. Frankenstein's cadaver. Yeah. Cadaver shoon. Uh <laughs> Um, I came up with the idea of while having a conversation with my friend, he says, about a video called How Streaming My Life for a Week Destroyed Me by Arya Inthavong. And he says the only people he could find online who'd done something similar were Jennifer Ringley, username Jenny Cam, and Justin Can, Justin.tv. He's the first person to live stream their life in high definition for an entire year. Mm -hmm. And he's also the first person that that he's aware of to permanently leave a nearly perfect video archive of everything that he's done for a year on a public platform, YouTube. Yeah. Um, and he says, the last part of the, I guess, mission statement is, although I did not show going to the bathroom, showering, having sex for the last three quarters of the project, for the first three quarters of the project, I am showing all of that for the last quarter. So that's the newest okay. thing he's been doing. So it doesn't seem that there that he necessarily had any, it doesn't seem like he had a goal in mind necessarily, more, less, more so than, than just, this this seems like a vacuum this seems like something that should be done this seems like something that would be would be interesting and compelling maybe to that end he does say i hope for whatever reason you decide to watch that you enjoy this channel i hope it brings you some form of joy or satisfaction and that may even potentially make your life better and he says thanks for watching so it's pretty i mean that that's pretty pretty general and uh or th- that's just non-specific um which is fine like I, I obviously you wouldn't really put it on youtube if you weren't hoping like it's not like he's putting it on youtube to try to piss people off you know like, right obviously he wants you to watch it and like hopefully be happy about that like you know he doesn't want you to watch it and be fucking furious i don't know if i ever told you the funding he got from the project was he was on fear factor last year or 2018 i guess with his brother with ludicrous is that that's who hosts it right on mtv I think so. I don't yeah know. uh yeah and then he won and it was 25 grand and i think that money went to funding this project so okay, so it's possible that he has some sort of ambitions as, um, in the in the reality space, like in the reality programming. Right. Um, I mean, he has a history of uh, what was it? Let's say he dropped out of college after three semesters to shoot and edit videos professionally. Is what he says. Okay. So I mean, this is like the ultimate kind of video project. Mm. I mean, this is definitely something you could show in the future is like this is you know i don't want to say magnum opus but it's like a giant i mean no one else has ever done this and if anything two people came close right and if you get so like this a, is huge if you get a stack of like you know of, of applications for 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 a for a videographer such editor for this or that like this would not be a bad thing like this would be a pretty this is huge you're right it's a, it's a, yeah. sending this to somebody would be like oh we should probably hire this guy he's committed he like you know, he's obviously like he's got a, he's got ideas, right? And he knows what he can use equipment. He can, yeah, whatever. right. So, the technical aspect of watching it has also been fascinating. How like the camera switching and you know the he has the shoulder camera, mounted camera that is right. On, so he wears like a harness, right? It's so, like it's his backpack. Okay, that has a shoulder camera like mounted on it, and you know that's kind of like the first person view. And anytime he's like out of the house, it's generally that camera so it's a majority of the time it's that camera unless he's just like chilling on the couch or something you know or unless he's painting then like it's a static camera in the corner or something like that but i think it gets fascinating when he goes out you know the house stuff can is as interesting as it's going to be going out in the world is when it gets fascinating 
just seeing even just like interactions at a Starbucks at a you know at the Target wherever he goes it plays like almost like a weird first person video game mm-hmm. where it, it yeah I mean like it feels like you could put VR goggles on and like be it'd be like a second life sort of game or something like that you know right, or second life right and this is something yeah dude, and this is something that we spent a lot of time talking about or at least a little bit about you know if if it's actually worth sitting here and, and watching this as opposed to doing the things he's doing in your life because it, it's not like he's doing it like celebrities are doing things you, you probably can't do it's not like he's doing any of that so like at, at what point does that does that break like it, it, would it be compelling to just put on vr goggles and or your oculus or whatever and you're talking you're talking big picture not like this yeah, particular well, project no or, i am talking this particular oh. project too i'm i'm saying well i guess I, it, he's not filming in vr or whatever but i'm saying if if you were a person obviously i assume that most people that are watching this are doing are putting it on a second screen while they're doing something else or, right. or whatever no you know, it seems just, like a lot of people just have it on as kind of like yes. background or like a comfort thing almost you know right right having the, somebody the way, else the way with, people put music on or ha- leave the tv on yes. it's like i'm gonna watch I'm, I'll, I'll have this guy's life on in my background of my life right. and then it also is making you feel like it, it's companionship it's you know i'm sure some people find it that way but definitely well i mean i i'm speaking from first person experience of of i i listen to an a, a absurd amount of podcasts and it it definitely feels like that. It definitely feels like, you know, after most of the podcasts are once a week, but, you know, if you go through the backlogs, you can go through, you know, five, six, seven, depending on how old the podcast you're listening to, five, six, seven years of somebody's life. Oh, and, yeah. And you feel like you know them and, you, and, and you're friends with them and, and you know, like, and I'm, I'm saying from personal experience, it feels like that. So I, I no, get No, I mean, that's could, definitely true. I mean, I find that too. I don't listen to nearly as many, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts that have over the years you do see people evolve you know when one of my favorites started it was two single guys now they're two married guys one with children and you got to see that progression of recording suddenly he's married he's dating he's married he's having a kid and the way that their perspective shift right but like you know they stay true to their project though so i'm saying that that i think is is a massive part of it yeah i think people who've been watching since the beginning are find his that the changes from the beginning compelling which are obviously easy to see looking back looking you know look right. to april now and you know versus you know october now and see how he's no longer you know going crazy at right. the bar or whatever it wouldn't matter also by the way if that if it was the reverse right. if it started off normal and no, it got crazy of course not that also wouldn't yeah that wouldn't be relevant um so let's let, let's talk about how we discovered this my discovery of this project came when I think it was a few months ago now. I mean, it was I became aware of it, but not like a, I guess, follower, fan, whatever you want to call it until a few months ago. Uh, but I initially discovered it because people, <laughs> the Internet in their purview ways, figured on his sleep streams that, you know, as a young man does. And we're both young men. So we do. We wake up. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just like I just think the dancing is worse. <laughs> that dancing's not worse. People get erections, and that's okay. And I think people 
found that on his some of his streams and were like, oh, cool, let's look at that. Which, again, is and, part of the original right, concept I mean, of the project. And I don't project. think he even minds about that either. No, of course. I, th- I think that's kind of the point is, right. is that it's not it's only... It's all natural. It's all raw. Right. And it's not just like, here's me eating breakfast. It's also the it's shit like that maybe he doesn't want you to yeah. see. And that's... that's if, without is, that, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be pointless. Life is life is life. And so, you know, that is the initial discovery. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I was like, what is going on here? There's like YouTube streamers. I didn't even know YouTube had like life streamers or like sleep streamers and there's a lot of sleep streamers on youtube but anyway so that was my initial like into it and and entryway into it where i was like what the hell is this project and i and soon i was just like diving into the channel and like looking at highlights from months back and watching it live every now and then if i found something compelling happening or an interesting conversation happening and then all of a sudden, it was. It seems weird that that my end was what I said it was, but now it's become almost like watching a reality TV show where it's like, oh, I wonder what he's up to today. And like, perfect example, this past weekend, his father came to visit and it was like having a guest star on a show. And I was like, oh, right. shit, like, here we go. And it's interesting because there's a lot of stuff that gets out there through the stream and the, the question of like, okay, now he's got a deal. Like, how is he going to bring like obviously his parents know that he's doing it but they the the depth to which they do know what what exactly he's doing is you know obviously they're not watching the stream 24 7 so you know his mother's very active on the chats and and the youtube stream though which is fun she's she's kind of become like this kind of fan favorite character which is it's just like it's very strange and i'm sure it's strange for her and sure it's strange for him but it's very interesting but you said she seems to really like it and really oh yeah i mean she's she seems like she's a doll yeah she seems like she answers every question, not every question. She'll answer most questions. She'll give insight into the relationship she has with her husband and her son, which is fascinating. Like, perfect example, watching, you know, there was a Michael and his father went uh, to Austin, Texas uh, this weekend. And, you know, that's a two hour drive away or so from College Station, Texas, where Michael is. And so it's a two hour car ride that, you know, with technical limitations cut in and out. But for the most part, we were hearing full conversation that you would have in your car, in the car with your father. And it was all, and you know, at this point I assume Michael's used to it. And I guess maybe his father's used to it. Just like pretending like the camera's not there and just acting normal. It was a normal conversation that one might have with their father at that age of kind of like, what is the direction here? What's going on in your life? What do you, what do you think is next? Let me ask you this though. How much, of the reason that that is worth watching, whereas just a video of somebody talking to their dad wouldn't be worth watching necessarily. I mean, maybe it would, but I, just a regular conversation, probably not. But how much of that is the fact that it's like there, there's some possible potentially taboo, you know, things going on in the stream. And maybe is it like how much, like how much, how much is the reason that you're watching? Like, Oh shit. Let's see if like maybe his dad's, unhappy with 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 this part of it with or the direction of the project maybe. right or, or or something that he's done previously i'm sure or, there's some people watching for that reason but honestly it it's the same re- it's the same like you watch nascar not to see the cars go around but to see the one time it crashes maybe like how, how much like why is, is that i don't think most people are watching to see the low lights of someone's life no no no. i'm not even saying i'm not saying that it, it would be like look how much of a fucking mess and how horrible this goes i'm saying like just addressing the difficult um 
the difficult question like maybe you know let's say well it did seem like i mean he and you know nothing really like that came up but you know you could tell and i think michael's talked about this that he finds you know conversations with his father can be frustrating and I, that's something that i mean i can certainly relate to like and everyone I think, does, I think yeah. yeah i mean if anyone's got a I'll say from I mean I I don't want to say overbearing I don't want to make too much of a judgment on Michael's father but I'll say for my father maybe a little overbearing maybe a little opinionated and you know that can definitely you know and watching someone else deal with that in in a weird way is is it cathartic a little bit I think yeah sure sure but knowing and it's also a little calming it's a little it's it's nice to know that other people are going you know yes. other people have these yes, th- conversations course. with their parents too well and i think that's why the project works completely is, is every every aspect of it is that you know other people wake up with you know other people get boners when they sleep you know other people right no no but seriously it's no, like i know it's it's everything it's it that's that's the reason that any of this, it humanizes all of us because again project. If, if you show just a video of someone sleeping that's not compelling if you show just a video of someone having a conversation with their dad in a car it's, it's not, not compelling. compelling it's the fact that it's everything stringed together yes and the fact that like like you mentioned before that on, on one of the Q&A's he mentioned, you know, he was drinking a lot or, or whatever, you know, if, if his dad, you know, he doesn't know his dad could have tuned in randomly and seen some, you know, I not maybe nothing something like I think heinous. He, I think he I think he did. Yeah. Right. And maybe nothing heinous that he did, but just like in a disapproving like, oh, like I, I don't really love that my son is, is living his life in this way right. or whatever. And and that and I don't I don't think it's even like. But the fact that that's there, I think, is is why this conversation in a car is more compelling than any other random kid having a conversation with their dad in a car. Yes. Because that potential, because of the car being possibly going to crash. Not that you're rooting for that, but just the, the fact that that's there, that the seeds are planted, is, right. makes, it, makes it everything more tense and more... Um, and that's the other thing, is that if, you know, if his parents or his father really wanted to know everything gone guess what it's all there he's not hiding anything like there i think in some of the highlights there's even like drinking competitions or something and Mm -hmm. there's definitely some like drunken nights in some of the highlights that you know a parent wouldn't necessarily be proud of yeah to see their kid partake in but also understands that hey i was 22 once too right we do some crazy stuff and another thing actually that this is making me think of is um i think it's something Harmon said that there's like there's a menstrual Dan Harmon. Yeah, I am. I don't, yeah, I guess. Are there other? I don't know. Whatever. But anyway, that there's immense strength in vulnerability because if you can, I mean, essentially get ahead of somebody. If you can, if you can own your flaws, own the bad shit you did, and then nobody can really use it against you right. anymore because you you've already used it against yourself. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think that we could all do with some more. Um, vulnerability and that like like a lot of the the uh neuroticism and um self-doubt and and just like you know la- lack of confidence self-esteem like comes from uh, a, a fear of be of vulnerability because of the consequences of embarrassment and and maybe maybe everyone's gonna hate me if they actually know you know how i am or how i feel and i think that that's a incredible thing that he's doing um right if anything this project if not anything it's brave yeah and it's it's extremely brave to show but all it, the all the warts all the flaws right but i'm saying along with the bravery though it's powerful it, it's it's putting oh, power yeah. back into his oh, hand. for it's, sure it's not just like oh like look how willing i am to you know be made fun or, or, or to 
to put put everything out there and be made fun of or whatever would happen it's it's also like look how much look how fucking strong i'm getting because nobody can hurt me anymore you know i mean not literally nobody can hurt me but you know <laughs> I, you know i'm the frankenstein's monster i don't have i don't have nerves and nerve endings anymore i can't actually feel pain he doesn't so. know how strong he is yeah but going back to his father and the conversation in the car and the fan interaction with his mother for example like while watching that conversation which was just so i don't know why i cannot explain why i found it so compelling and i mean it's just well again i'm going off track because the, i think i could oh okay give me to tell me in a minute then because one of the point i was trying to make is that the, the his mother again seems very sweet um says something in the chat i think while watching she's like oh like my two guys you know like and it's like fun to watch and like giving a little insight between the two of them giving his his giving his father's history where his father grew up how his father grew up um sure and you know adding even like having it's this strange (laughs) multimedia project Mm -hmm. now where we're getting we're watching a live conversation we don't necessarily we know a lot about michael we know a lot about michael we don't necessarily know much about his father and here is this third party mrs gary filling us in beth is her name beth gary filling us in on the background of the father and like we're getting live updates on characters quote unquote as we're watching them and that is something that i don't think is ever that somebody's essentially live tweeting a like it would be like if you had Jon Snow to live tweet Game of Thrones. Yeah, in a yes. way. And, and that's what I was going to say is that I think that what makes it different is well, number one, that we humans understand things best in the form of narrative, and so regardless of what the actual narrative of his life is, we are projecting narratives onto the story as it's happening. Oh yeah, and we're projecting um, the way it would go for us, and and things like that. So when it's the same reason why you you can see a movie and you can take a five minute scene that in real life would take three weeks to actually do that much work of like you know as far as dialogue and as far as like you know um relationship work and and things like that and yet you can see it cut down to five minutes you can see there's corny lines or bad actor or you know whatever there's and yet it still makes you cry it's still like because it, it just hits the right spot of you know so so again so like somebody like me who i I honestly can't tell you the last time I talked to my dad for longer than 30 minutes. Like I, I, it, it, it devolves so quickly into just like, he gets frustrated with the way I argue, like whatever, it doesn't matter. And I, and I get frustrated with that. It's irrelevant. But right. so to see somebody who is not doing that is like, it, it's just such a wet dream. Well, of I think like, he does get frustrated with it though. That's the, that's the realness of it. That's the rawness of it. Well, I, yeah, but I mean, so somebody, relatable. right. So somebody who's doing that and then yet can, is still just going to be like, no, this is like, is my dad though. Like, I'm not, you know, whatever, like right. who cares, you know? Right. Um, and so that's like, you know, the, it, it's just hitting the right, it's just resonating in the right place um, for people like, I, I don't know if I could speak for you, but for, for somebody like me who doesn't uh, feel that that is maybe, an experience that I'll be having anytime soon, you know? Right. You're not going to have the long conversations in the car with your dad yeah. about life and what you're right. Right. Because it took it. Too, yeah. And, and you're not like that. Your father is not like that. Right. And by watching him do it, you can get out at any time. Like that's, that's the thing that's scary about it is like getting in the car and being like, Oh, like if this goes South after 30 minutes, like 
I we're stuck here. Like, right. But with him, you can turn it off. Or I mean, he, even if he's stuck there, you can leave it on, and it's still like you don't. It, you, he's your proxy for these right. uncomfortable moments in your right. life. The fact that you can leave, even though even if you're not going to, right, means that it's makes it you know yeah more interesting and tolerable and, than real life than yes. your own life. Yeah. Well, on, but only because of the the projecting and the comparison. Right, and the, I mean, in a way, the kind of the control you have over it, even though you don't have any control, you're watching someone else lead their life, you can just leave at any moment. Yeah, and then another thing, too, is is how interactive he is as far as the Q&As and things like that. The weekly Q&As. So it feels like you are involved in some sense, and when you ask him a question, he'll answer almost immediately. And like, right. And so that makes it so that you have some sort of... Uh, so, so when he's having the conversation with his dad, you can be like oh, I have this great idea of the thing you should say for your dad. And then you can tell him, oh, maybe you should say this to your dad or, you know, whatever. That right. I don't, I wouldn't say like... And unlike watching but, something like a Kardashian... Right, you have no influence. You have no way. And, you know, that's happened weeks ago at this point. It's been filmed and edited and then it's probably out of their minds and there's no way you're, they're ever going to see your reaction to their conversation with their parent. And then be able what, to react to that right. back to you. We're watching it live happen with the idea of, oh, tomorrow I can ask him in the Q&A yes. or I can tell him in the Q&A, hey, this is something I would have done in that conversation or this is something I took from that conversation. Right. Which is a very unique experience for sure. Right. And I think that that's part of the magic of, of like I said, uh, with, with podcasting where a lot of it does feel like that where there's like, you know, for example, like Theo, Theo Vaughn's podcast, which I, which I love, like he takes calls at the end of every episode from, mm-hmm. from fans. He takes Patreon questions. He takes co- YouTube comments, whatever. And like, and that even, even if, you know, there's 10 per episode and there was hundreds of quite whatever, it still makes you feel like you are a part of it and that this wouldn't exist without you. And that like, oh, yeah. you're an integral, like the only, yeah. And, and that's so. I mean, the best podcasts make you feel like you're part of the conversation and that you right and that you're and the way this project is it feels like i mean the project was designed to be viewed by viewers right as viewers we feel like we're doing we have a role in this yes we're not just passive we're not passive viewers we're not just watching it even though i just have said it feels like we're watching a reality tv show we have an interactive role in it right but it's so it's so much more accessible and that's so that's such a big deal and that's such a big deal yeah for sure and the, and then the fact that yeah that there's obviously no um, i mean the fan interaction is something also like very unique that you don't get a lot of the times and i mean you don't obviously get that with you know your twitch streamers your mixer streamers which is why they do so well too right it feels like you're part of someone's life but also and like, then you, you give them the subs and then they say hey thank you so much for those subs like and then you can give them a bunch of subs and say go do this now and they go do it you and know? michael's done a bunch of twitch streaming he was twitch streaming minecraft for a while i believe and you know there's that aspect of it too but also like think about like someone like ninja where like you'll you'll watch ninja when he streams i'm white you shouldn't call me that <laughs> you watch ninja while he streams but you don't get to watch Ninja when he turns his computer off and, right. and goes downstairs to eat a sandwich. Right. And that's another aspect of this is that you get to see everything with this project. Like you'll see before, like whether or not you, th- what you think the highlight of the day is like, I thought the highlight of uh, Saturday was him going to Austin with his father and, you know, uh, ax throwing with his dad. I got to see the build up to that and the after of it. I got to see the, 
two-hour car ride to right. the axe throwing place. I got to see them enjoy barbecue right. after. You're getting everything. Which is funny because were you to watch a reality show and they were showing that, you would be pissed. I wouldn't watch it. Right. It would be it would be annoying as hell. Right. And yet, that's the that's the catch. That's the whole... And I think it goes back to what I was saying about the Big Brother live stream feeds. That Another thing I've also kind of been addicted to for honestly 20 plus years it's been on since 2000 um well it's, well, it's not, not 20, 20 plus well i mean there's 20 <laughs> plus seasons is what i meant to say because the, the, you know i'm not get, this isn't a big brother podcast i won't get into it we could do a big could brother. be do you want to big, do a big brother podcast holy where fuck. you just yell at me about big brother no where we watch every episode there's no f- i don't want to do that 40 a season there's 22 seasons <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. And I tell you what you should be thinking about certain people because certain people are terrible. Anyway, but with Big Brother, you watch the TV show, and this is like you watch the TV show, you watch the edited down TV show. You watch, I'd watch Little Brother, maybe. You watch the relax with Big Brother. You have you know forty episodes a season. You're watching scheming. You're watching. You're watching edited versions. Excuse me of scheming of games of people building relationships romantic or friendships whatever they're building alliances they're all scheming they're all backstabbing it's a game at the end of the day it's a game to win half a million dollars right but there's so there's a television and that, and that's another thing where the the camps fall and that is that it becomes there's tv viewers only who aren't getting the full picture yeah and then there's people who are watching the 24 7 live right. stream for big right. brother which again doesn't necessarily show everything right it cuts like competitions out so you can watch so you'll watch so you something watch on the TV. show right and of course right. there's a lot of editing to be done in the yeah. competitions those take forever whatever there was one season where they didn't edit everything it was an online only season and it was so fascinating uh, and it was like everything just aired live on tv right. live be- on the internet but because of the game show aspect of it it's inherently dishonest right of course and that's there's the, going to yeah. be editing in the for the tv show there's going to be not even the editing i'm just saying people are like your your motivation is not to like show yourself your motivation is to win michael's so motivation means, yeah michael's that, that not makes trying to else. not be himself with this project right. he's being him quite literally himself in this project well he doesn't really have much of a choice honestly like i, I don't know how long you could you pretend can't for really like, play for the camera yeah even if yeah. you wanted to that probably would get old in a couple of weeks yeah um well you'd have to be the uh socio a psychopath to be able to <laughs> just be but, a different person for a year and that's also i mean and that's kind of where it's interesting where the fan you talked about projection the fan projection onto him a little bit is interesting too because i don't know about you but i'll definitely i'm not happy go lucky mr cheery every moment of every day really <laughs> um and so in terms of performing for the camera uh irving goffman a sociologist always referred to as you have your front stage and your, your backstage. Like the front stage is sensibly how you act. So the front stage actions are front stage behavior is like how you perform, how you, you want others to view you. You walk into a target. You don't yell at someone in front of you for taking too long in line because that's not how we, uh, yes, I do. Okay. Normal people who aren't psychopaths don't do that. And Michael does <laughs> one time. Um, you know, and it's the roles you play. You Everyone's putting on a show. We walk by someone and in the office, we're like, hey, how you doing? Like, we don't really care. Sure. And and you dress to, to present a certain image of you. And you yeah, right. All it's the front stage behavior. It's that it's, which is viewable to, to by others. Everyone sees. Yeah. And that's when you put on the smile that when you're not maybe not necessarily having 
yeah, the when, best day. And when you talk to people like they're three years old, when you're working in the service industry. Correct. Oh my God. Hey, why did we do that? By the way, it's yeah, so annoying. I don't know. How are we doing tonight, everybody? It's like, does anybody hungry? want to be are we talking? Hungry? You, I are mean, you you're all hungry. You're talking to people like they're puppies, essentially. No, I know it's, it's like, ridiculous. Ugh, God, who's and then who's the person that when you don't talk to them like a puppy? That's like, how dare you? We both work in the service industry. If that's not apparent, yeah, that's not abundantly clear. Also, by the way, just for anybody, just just in general, if you're gonna order a water somewhere. Just say water. We don't need adjectives. Don't say an ice cold water. Nobody's giving you hot water. Don't say a tall glass of water. Don't say a refreshing glass. Just say water. Okay. Please just say water. It's infuriating. Back to Goffman. Okay. Back to <laughs> Uh, Goffman's fry would always talk about how front stage behavior is, again, how you act in front of other people, how people participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, can uh, basically your actions are so even though you're 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 unconsciously acting out you're acting this is not how you backstage behavior is how you act when you're alone basically okay. and so it's you know you'll walk around the house you'll say like you'll stub your toe you'll be like fuck you're like say the n-word <laughs> <laughs> you'll walk around you you, uh, you give your thoughts the way they are you're not you're not performing for anyone. You're not in. Sure. You're, you're in your home. You're not in society. Even right. if, uh, this is back, backstage behavior. Even though it's supposed to be when you're by yourself, I feel like it applies to close friends as well. Sure. I definitely have a few friends where I'll just literally act the same way. Sure. I wouldn't not putting on a front at all or anything like that. Well, there's not a front per se, but there's still a performance aspect of like I want to make you guys laugh and I, I want guess to, so. and I'm so, going to be like at more ridiculous. And- if front stage is me at work and backstage is me when I'm by myself at my house then maybe this is like i'm like mezzanine right no that's <laughs> we're like you're off in the wings like you're, yeah. you're working crew on the... i wouldn't work on your crew but well you can't come to my play you can fucking sit in mezzanine play. in my play live stream it i'll watch it on youtube right backstage behavior though is when people are they're free of the norms that dictate society right you know things like that actually it's like i said backstage behavior doesn't necessarily have to be alone it's housemates Right. It's it's spouses. It's just when you're when you're comfortable and when you're not feeling like self conscious and it's just like how yeah. Well, right. you know that's another thing is that I feel like you know we'll watch, and as this relates to the project, you know you would you'll watch Michael go to Starbucks, go shopping. You'll see him put on his front stage behavior, and it's really not even that front stagey for the most part because I feel like at this point he's been so he's literally let the internet watch his yeah. backstage life. Yeah. For nine months, right. ten months now. I mean, I don't think people realize this, but I, I, I do a couple podcasts and stuff. And um, what I've what I've noticed, well, I used to have like a little studio set up in my house, and whenever I, somebody would come over, I would make them sit down and put on the headphones, and uh, you know, just record with me. Um, pretty much for the reason that it, if you're doing that, people are less likely to look at their phones or engage in the conversation, whatever. And in the beginning, every time people hate the way their voice sounds, people are like self conscious about talking. They're like, oh my god, it's being recorded. This and that, right? Then within fifteen minutes, maybe every single time people become more open than they ever would be otherwise people completely forget i mean it's not like you forget you have headphones on stuff but people it it completely disappears so i can't imagine how long it would really last of of you even remembering that it's there like it 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 so quickly goes away like i like you might know it's there but the idea of actually being somewhat different for any reason i mean it disappears so quickly like right um but just to tie a bow on this whole 
front Goth- stage, yeah, yeah. front stage, yeah, front stage, backstage. Um, the point I guess I'm trying to make is front stage, backstage are so inherently we want to keep the same way that we don't necessarily don't want. Well, this is more like when you're younger, you don't want your parents and your friends interacting. You want right, these embarrassing. Are, you don't want your, as Seinfeld says, your worlds colliding. Yes. You want your friends separate. You want your work separate. You want your everything separate. Right, and there's a good reason for that. Right, uh, and because you act different in front of you. You don't want to see. Yeah. Anyway, so the whole point I'm trying to make with this Hauntedies Backstage thing is that there's expectations for everyone who's on the front stage. Like, you, you can't show up to your office in pajamas and you're, right. you're unless not, the nipples are cut out i'm sure that's right unless it's casual friday and you can, <laughs> you can wear your nipple pajama shirt that's right yeah exactly um you can't be the boss and show up at you know your office that drunk that drunk you can't show up drunk unless i mean you know yeah unless it's a bar you can't you have to show up and be professional otherwise right. everyone's going to be talking and that's also front stage behavior being like what is that that's that's not it's it's not gossip but it's like that's not normal it's people being like that's not right that's not is what generally what they're saying is that's not front stage behavior so what you're doing you're drawing the the connection between um like societal norms and front stage behavior yes i mean that's intrinsically linked yes yeah um and you know and we keep our our front stage and our backstage behavior as separate as we can be because Otherwise, you lead to embarrassment, confusion. You know, you're embarrassed. You're the boss who showed up loss to work. Loss of face, loss of right. Uh, you yeah. you showed up to work in your pajamas, and people are laughing or are uncomfortable. You sent home, whatever it is. Your backstage backstage behavior: be at home in pajamas all you want. Everyone does it anyway. Right. No consequences. Who cares? Exactly. But um, people work very difficult, very hard to keep these two worlds separate. Yes. As either everyone does, yes. And this project has collided these two worlds mm-hmm. in and, a way that's never been seen before, right. really. And there's actually a lot of um, a lot of unhappiness comes from um, like like creating two conflicting um, natures of or, or versions of yourself that are in disagreement, and and that cognitive dissonance um, that's created in your mind because of that um, comes out in, in other ways, right? And and causes you know just stress and depression and, and unhappiness because you can't reconcile these two beings that you consider yourself both of that are in direct disagreement with each other, right? Um, I think and so. That's again that goes back to the vulnerability being strength thing. So like because he's he's washing that slate away and giving himself one persona to be now you can't there's no hiding left to do it's completely it's completely vulnerable you can't go into this persona to, for, for this person because it's all there um and and that is that's i mean that's a again beautiful thing i, I think. think in the weeks ahead we can definitely delve deeper more into the sociological ramifications of a project like this sure. because i think it's the most fascinating part of it yeah well i i think it, i think well I, I think that's kind of tied for the um the psychological implications of the consumer because just as interestingly as why he's doing this and 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 what it what it means for him as a person and such i think it's it's equally you know like i just said just as interesting of why are these people why are people watching it like why do we care why do we um like i i mean we, we've gone over a couple of reasons why it's interesting and, and why you could care a little bit but it's it seems to be something it seems to be something more than that that is a reflection 
of of ourselves um where it's like why can't maybe it's like a jealousy aspect it's like why can't i be like like even with just you know without streaming it to anybody although actually to be fair you know what i'm going to take that back because he can do the live stream and people like us can see everything he does right but his friends are not watching the live stream all day so not all day but he is allowed I i know ethan his his roommate does check out the live stream every now and then. Well, that's his know. roommate. That's that's his roommate. But I, I'm saying, I guess he's part of the project. Anyway. Right. I'm saying more ancillary friends. Right. Um, well, yeah. Sometimes. He he could still like he he's not going to act the same around his friends as he would around his dad. Right. Obviously, regardless of the camera. Right. So it's not as freeing as I was just saying. I it, it might be something I definitely want to get into at a later time. Is this goes back to your projection, and I think this is how I got onto Goffman's front stage backstage thing is that people the fan projection of they think i you know how often will i be reading the youtube chat or the other stream chat and i'll see like oh he seems sad today is he okay you know and then he'll he'll hop on the q a and be like i'm fine guys like yeah and you know it's it's because we're not i think we're also used to watching other people interacting excuse me with other people who are putting on their front stage behavior with the smile on the mm. face, we're not used so, to watching people's backstage behavior. Yes. We're used to our okay, own where it's sure. like, I know I'm not sad despite the fact that I've got a frown sure. on my face and I'm just moping around my house. Right. Whereas people will watch someone who is currently, you know, the all illusion is gone. Mm-hmm. His, front sta- his front stage behavior is not up. He's performing his backstage behavior. He's not going to be Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky. He's right. not going to be smiling. He's not going to be joyful. He's not going to be giving you constant right. updates on his mood. Right. It's just people, I think, projecting a little bit, thinking because if they saw someone in real life, in the in IRL, mm-hmm. not on a stream, acting the way, maybe acting a little down, they'll be like, oh, he seems sad. Right. When really, it's just someone who's, living, who's at their house right now just doing nothing. Right. And also, I think I, I, think I said this before, before we started recording, but I think there's, you know, uh, pr- proverbial boners to be had about when somebody when you can be the one to be like oh like is everything going on and then have him be like no it's not like thank you so much for asking right it's right. like there, there's a certain um sort of like uh what, what's it called when um you like munchausen's no i mean that's in like <laughs> the misery munchausen by proxy <laughs> that's not what i was gonna say no you meant um Munchausen by proxy. Is that a real thing? Munchausen? Yeah, Munchausen by proxy is I when you Munchausen's convince somebody real. that they have a disease, right? And then they think they do. Yeah. Um, Did you say that because of the politician? No, I no, I didn't. I just know what that is. But I thought you were trying to say the German word that means um, like pleasure at the misery of others. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah, I thought that's what you were trying to say. No, and you, and you fucked it up. No, no, no. Okay. No. Anyway, but- I'm sure there's one or two that's probably loves watching the low lights and be like oh right. look how fucking sad he is right now and gets well, off on that and that's or projection something. too that that's but a that's, person whose life is also very sad that's not what everyone's doing no i think a person who would do that would be like let's say with the drinking thing right that would be a person who was also drinking or doing a lot of drugs and then watching him be like look at this fucking idiot and it's like you're just doing that because you feel like an idiot right and that's again projecting yes um but what i was going to say is that there's like it's in the same way i think i said this before of when somebody somebody dies for example and and you know maybe you weren't friends with you knew them in high school i don't know whatever and now all of a sudden you know you're making a all vacuum these... for attention appears right so and, and then and then hopefully other people will see how good of a person you are and, and you know the virtue signaling thing and i think that maybe there's an aspect of that in seeing him maybe 
not normal whatever and and being like oh like i i can be the, uh, like i know you know what i mean that there's a certain like look how good of a person i am because by asking about his mood right and, and then what if i was the one to be like to fix it and now like now i'm important too yeah and now people are going to care about me also yeah i mean that's something that happens in real life i can't you sure. know this is not a giant project i can't say that there's anyone doing that for this project but it's certainly possible i don't know um but with something well no with I th- something like this project it is i could see that being an absolute reality of someone doing that right and then also here here's another interesting one. what about the idea of like okay let's say there's somebody not 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 day one necessarily and not it's not they're watching every day all day or something but that you know that they got in early they've been following for a long time right and then he stops and now you know there's a lot of people so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this but there's a there's a study done is is surveys whatever that they've been doing them for a long time and i think it was like 20 years ago or something you ask people how many close people are there that you could call in in any situation and that will be there for you and you know they'll be there for you no matter what, right? right? And then they take the median number there, right? Not the average, the median. And the average number in the 80s was like three or four or something, right? Mm-hmm. The average number now is zero. Or the median, excuse me. The median number now is zero. Um, and so there's a lot of people that don't have close relationships with people, right? And so uh, imagine a person like that who is following this, you know, f- frequently, right? right? Right. And then he's like, bye. Right. What does it mean for them? Yeah. That this is like, are possibly one of your closer relationships you have in your life now. This is yeah, it's like losing it's losing your friend for sure. It yeah. feels it'll feel like losing a friend. So that that even is, though it is a very, I mean you know despite a lot of fan interaction and he has gotten to know a lot of regulars for sure, but like there is, you know the aspect of people acting like they know him even though he doesn't know them. Yes, and building up maybe these. There's a word for that too, by the way. Is there? Yeah, it's a word for one-sided relationships with celebrities and stuff like that. Right, and I think that ties back into what I was talking earlier about the concern that people have for him. I mean, I think it's a lot of like people not realizing how people act, you know, not used to seeing people right. form their backstage right. persona. Like, were you to actually have spent, say, like uh, a couple days with him over the course of a couple of months, and you saw those videos, then you might know, like, like if I saw a video of you and like you're kind of like pouting or whatever watch tv i might my, my first well assumption, i've got i've got resting sad face that's right that's so, a given so my first assumption even though i'm not well and i can't I, tell you how many times and when you're not rest how, and when you're not resting sad face too but uh, yeah um, well <laughs> just just sad. It's i just, get asked all the time am i okay and like yes like just just oh god it's yeah. so annoying yeah i have a friend who uh she gets really upset whenever whenever somebody asks it because she's like i it's happened so often i'm just her. like sitting at work sitting on a chair just doing nothing, and people are like, oh, "Are you okay?" It's like, what? Right. What? So, what, but, but what a, am I saying, or what? Well, how do I look that you literally felt compelled to ask me right. my behavior? How but I'm that, feeling? But, but this is exactly what we're talking about yes, on a smaller I, scale. I guess so. Yeah. And right. So, had you spent any any actual time with him? Had you had you known him, laughed with him, heard a sad story, whatever? You would know. You would see the video, and you would be like, "Oh, he's fine. He's just this is just a day." Right. Yeah, and but, I think that there are people who have been following this at least from not maybe necessarily from the beginning, but for months now who have got to know his personality and know when nothing's nothing and when something's something. Yeah. Because it's hard to, it is hard to like, you, you can't be that conscious of your body language. Like if you are feeling some, some sort of way, it's going to come out somehow. It's just a matter of the, uh, 
potential of the of the of the viewer to discern the the, the proper cues of, of what mean of what means what like the cues are there if he was feeling depressed or if he's feeling normal it's just a matter of do you know them well enough to actually make a legitimate you know uh, conclusion based on them that's what would be, would be something interesting that i would want to ask him if how how does he feel about maybe people projecting that onto him like people being concerned about his mood people being concerned about his behavior is that something that you thought was going to come along with the project right. or is this something that you kind of happened and you didn't expect right. it and how does it make you feel like, right that'd and, be interesting to ask him. and do you think that people doing that are people maybe um just pining for some sort of uh reciprocation of affection the, right right so if he if he says yeah i am feeling bad like thank you for asking like and then like what's what's going on and now now you have a much more real now that relationship has been has been reciprocated and even even in the smallest amount now it's that that does so much for how it feels to you right right like if you were tweeting a celebrity all the time and then they kept being like oh like good joke like oh yeah exactly like yeah nailed it like now you feel a connection with them that's so much stronger right. than, than were it to just right be, even even those little tiny interactions like the fact that they noticed you right is is so huge um to a lot of people so i it would be interesting to ask him the original question and then also you know how much do you think that people are maybe trying to insinuate themselves in your life in order to um make this make this connection more um more real right because it's definitely i mean because that that's again that that's that's the crux of it right that's like because in, in any other in any individual aspect of the thing you could find probably a better version of it in a on a like as as like clips or whatever right like you could find, a, as I was saying before, right? You could find a person who's better at renovating houses. You could find whatever. You could find any clip of any individual thing that he's doing, probably done in a more more compelling way. But there's something about all of it being together, and it's it's that connection aspect. Yeah. Um. So so that's that. I think that's that's where that's the fulcrum of the whole thing. Yeah, and that's what makes the whole project unique. I mean, should we like end on the fucking? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we definitely want to get into more of the sociological aspects, like I said. Right. And I think I that think, we'll both do more uh, research of like, because there's a lot of concepts that we're well, throwing I know around. You, I know you are, because you're, you're kind of the layman coming into this. Yeah. You don't know much about oh, it. Oh, I also meant research of like psychological concepts. Oh. oh uh, yeah. I meant like where yeah, I, I mean, can more easily, like we're, we're dancing around. I mean, man, I took a, I took sociology for a semester. Like, I think I'm good, but like, yeah, you should, right. you should read okay. up on this for sure. Yeah. My school is actually not accredited. I went to uh, McDonald's and, you know, they gave, they gave me a diploma. I think the, the fan interaction is something that also would be very interesting to apply those concepts to, to really get into maybe looking back on older I mean, all the chat is pretty much archived, and that'd be interesting to go back through maybe some highlights and see what people are saying during emotional right. moments, during chats right. with dad, see right. what mom's saying, see how mom's interacting with the fans. That'd be interesting. I mean, I, you know, I've seen a lot of that, but I want to get more into that for right. sure. I mean, as the layman, I think what I will do is probably click around a bunch of highlight videos and get an idea of the more major events so i have some idea of like some timeline and and more of the 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 most 
you know, I, obviously most days are probably just normal days. So, right. so uh, get an idea of the most critical moments that are there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, try to uh, apply. I mean, I, I would love his for... Q, his Q&As are good to go through to get, you know, weekly kind of... It's not... They're not weekly recaps, but there are, like, moments that he mentions throughout. The, so those are good to go through just to get his state that week how he's feeling about it, the whole thing. That's always fun to hear. And yeah. he's very open. He's very honest. So you want to wrap it up? Yeah, that's a good thing for this episode. If you find this project fascinating and want to check it out for yourself, go to Michael Gary, spelled Michael, G-E-R-R-Y, dot com for the link to his live YouTube stream, as well as a link to his other Not Safe for YouTube stream. If you want to show your support for the project, subscribe to his Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Gary Livestream. Thanks to Dr. Dobler for the theme music, which can be found on Spotify or SoundCloud at dr.dobler, no space. If you find this project fascinating and want to check it out for yourself, it's over. But you can check out Michael's entire year archived on YouTube by going to michaelgary.com. Gary is spelled G-E-R-R-Y. Music by Dr. Doppler. You can find him on SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify at dr.doppler, no spaces. You can check out the comedy podcast I do with Dr. Doppler on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts by searching for The Stanley and Branley Show. Send any thoughts or questions for us to onceuponatimeinpod at gmail.com. Links to everything mentioned can be found in the podcast description.